This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast through Patreon, through hanging out with us at Henrik Lundqvist weekend. It was awesome meeting some of you, and I hope you all enjoyed a nice cry when Hank Spanner went up into the Raptors. Anyway, uh, interesting show today. Talk about the Hank ceremony, the trunk, and way more. Rangers 5v5 play, blowing 2-0 leads, and much more. Our friend Mr. Spaghetti joins us. We talk betting. We talk Rangers letting up first uh, first overall goals. We let up uh, a former Rangers scoring, the whole thing. Just a heads up, I'm tired as hell. Uh, mostly because this whole weekend I didn't sleep at all. So this whole podcast is a little bit of a mess from Greg and I. We're a little bit loopy and we say some more, you know, wild stuff. Anywho, uh, before we get to all that, here's Mark Messier and let's get to the show. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to another week of the Bullshit Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of Patreon.com slash Bullshit Breakaway. You can support this podcast today. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg Kaplan, say hello. It's a New York Rangers podcast. It's actually a Mets podcast. It's actually a horse racing podcast. Mm -hmm. It's actually a gambling podcast that actually needs to talk about the usefulness of $27,000 Louis Vuitton trunks. Uh, This is the most important thing. Now, I know Henrik Lundqvist's number went up in the rafters in a beautiful emotional ceremony on Friday night, which we were lucky enough to attend. And Ranger fans from around the world also attended. Now, the Rangers gave him multiple gifts. Uh, I have to be honest. The emotions flowed from within my eyeballs and out into, onto my face when Cass revealed all these shutout pucks. It was uh, probably the most emotional part, I thought, of the entire ceremony. And then they continued to follow that up by by offering Henrik Luck was a giant fucking trunk. <laughs> I can't. Well, so I, I've been trying ever since ever since the, oh, the, the best. other retired Rangers pulled the curtain back on this fucking trunk. I've been trying to think about okay, let let's let's put ourselves in the shoes of New York Ranger management, right? Before we you do this, and I am going to cut you off. I just need to make this super. This is very important. The Rangers okay. and Sam Rosen said before they revealed the trunk, Henrik, we know you love to travel, and we know you love right. fashion. Right. And then they got him an immovable object. <laughs> it's it's like twenty That's feet long. Boys, yes. Uh, but let's let's for a second let's put ourselves in the Rangers' shoes. Okay, he's a fashionable man who loves to travel. Mm-hmm. So, what do you give a fashionable man who loves to travel? Do you, I don't, I don't know, um, get him a special, unique experience in Milan? Do you pay for? private air travel to destinations of his choice do you uh, give him like a finely tailored suit from some really classy new york city fashionista right what do you do i know what we're gonna do hold on you guys ever hear of louis vuitton the bag makers who actually fun fact uh before they were a bag maker they were trunk makers this is how they got their big business (laughs) And then I, I just, I, one, how did he get it home? Two, when is he ever going to fucking travel with that $27,000? What? Well, hold on, hold on. That's the that market rate. With JetBlue? This, this was a special, one-of-a-kind item for Henrik Lundqvist. Now, I was told I don't know what I'm talking about, and I don't. But we looked it up online. It's ridiculous. 
It's one of the. It's unironically one of the most funny things I've. I've this ceremony in general was just tremendous and one of the most elaborate retirement ceremonies I've ever seen. And for good reason. It's Henrik Lundqvist. But when the trunk comes out, I, I had like a breakdown. I was like, this is so funny. How is this real? I, I It was such an emotional moment where he hugs Cass and he looks at the shutout pucks and he relives all the times he dominated at MSG and other arenas. And then they just do this trunk. <laughs> it's like, well, no, now you also forgot. You also forgot the in between when he got to meet Barclay Goodrow. Right, right. Uh, that was pretty funny as well. Like I, I understand that you want all six uh, Rangers alternate captains or whatever you want to call them to come out there and say hello. But it's like, hey, um, like Zuccarello didn't. I know Zuccarello did the face off, but like Ryan Callahan didn't come out. Girardi didn't come out. I know they were in the Hulu theater, and I know they were there, and I know they hung out with them in the box after. But it was just, uh, just like, hey, Barclay, what's up? Um, but I also I do like how you just called them the alternate captains or whatever you want to call them. The, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're just called the alternate captains. Everyone's so a captain there's... on this team, Greg. That's the way it works. <laughs> but so the trunk, I think the Yankees gave Phil Rizzuto an actual cow when he retired from broadcasting, and I would put the trunk on that level of what the fuck are we doing in terms of gifts? It's, it's it, it 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 just boggles the mind. The best way I can describe it is I don't know if you remember this this show called Game of Thrones. It's probably it was really small I, I'm and, not, and I'm every, not familiar. Everyone forgets about it. Do you know uh, there's this, also this popular musician named Ed Sheeran? You probably never heard of him either. When Ed Sheeran just showed up on Game of Thrones and it broke the entire immersion of what was going on, like that's weird. Why is Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones? That, oh, is that is that the is that the show Noah Syndergaard was on? That was the one. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, that's what the trunk was like for me. Um, anywho, I think it's important to talk a little bit about the actual ceremony in general and what the atmosphere was like. I didn't – we watched it in person, so I did have a couple people yell at me and say, why do Ranger fans cheer or yell so many things uh, during Henrik Lundqvist's speech? Yeah, uh, I got I to tell you. Yeah. Uh, that shit sucked, all right? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's all I really wanted to say to him. There was a couple funny ones, but then it, you know, it hits the tipping point. That's how it went. And, and who am I to tell you how to spend your uh, spend your money if you want to yell at Henrik Lundqvist tonight? That's good, but let the who man Who am I to tell you? Someone who spent a lot of money let, that let, wanted to hear let, Henrik Lundqvist talk. Let the man Fuck make you. the speech. Your money's not more important than my money. <laughs> Shut up. Let the man make the speech with you on that. Yeah. Uh, I thought the entire ceremony was wonderful, uh, with the exception of the drunk. Um, it was it was good. I, I loved Henrik's speech. I was annoyed how good at Henrik Lundqvist was at giving a speech, reading the room having the beats, doing all those things. Uh, he's just incredibly talented and uh, very emotional. Uh, the Rangers followed up the game by playing a very Lundqvist-type Ranger game in themselves. But what are your thoughts uh, on the takeaway? Or what are your takeaways, rather, from the, the ceremony? And what should people have known that, I mean, if they weren't there, what, what – you know what I'm saying here. Fuck me. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. You passed on that one. Um, I – Listen, that we're, I'm going to say some things I didn't like about the ceremony because I just there's nothing left to be said about the things everybody liked. It's it's what you wanted. Yeah, 97 was, was great. It, Hank, yeah, Hank, Hank was super emotional. We were super emotional. Zook was super emotional. We haven't slept uh, in three Panarin, days. Yeah, Panarin is the greatest um, body body humor comic that we have going in the United States. When he goes left there, I just don't understand what he was thinking. I just want to know his thought process. (laughs) Like, why does he think to go left? That's my question. The guy is so good at hockey, an amazing passer, can probably see people without actually seeing them. Eyes behind his head. Did he want to take an entire lap? Goes left. Goes left. Unbelievable. 
Oh, it was incredible. Like it's just, but you could tell on his face, he's like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. And you could tell for sure, Kreider behind him in seven different languages is telling him how stupid he is, and it's perfect. Uh, my only, my my biggest note of criticism for me is, I love Kevin Weeks. I loved everything Weeks had to say, and I'm I think it's important that we heard from Weeks because it was like that really was the guy before Hank. Um, and I also thought it was important that Richter got to do the like pre-introduction before Sam Rosen took over. I thought those were two very cool Agreed. Uh, things that went on, but I get why Messier was there. I get why Graves was there. I, I get why Leach was there. I understand. I wanted more Rangers. I wanted more dudes who played with Hank. I, I know people get groany when I do this, but the only thing I have to compare this to is when the Mets retire numbers, right? <laughs> yes. that, that's it. That, those are the only ceremonies I go to. When the Mets retired Kuzman's number, I understand there aren't a lot of 1969 Mets left, but they brought out four guys who played with Kuzman, just dudes like Ed Cranepool, Art Chamsky, those guys. When they retired Piazza's number, Alfonso was there. Ventura was there. Like people who had impact with Piazza were there. So it's weird that Hank is kind of on the stage with just other Ranger greats and one teammate. It was, and it was also one teammate who was – Put out of a job because of Henrik Lundqvist. It was that, also strange that, that they were like, they were all there, Greg. That's they were all in the box with him after the game. Like Girardi, was I know, there, and Dom we, was there, I know that Callahan. they they were they were at the Hulu Theater doing some stuff before the game. I think they were in the Hulu Theater during the game as well for different points. But like, I'm not saying we didn't need to see Darius Kasparaitis, right? We didn't need to see David DeHarnay and people like that. But to me, it's like it, it was a little odd that like Dubinsky wasn't there because he is very available or um, shit. Our dude, Benoit Pouliot, where's he at? Where's Benoit? They couldn't bring in Benny. <laughs> they couldn't bring him in. They Like I understand now they're like Mark Stahl should have been there, but he's still playing. So you can't have him. Right. Uh, Zook obviously playing in the other locker room. You can't have him. A lock, but, the lock of the century that he would score. But like you couldn't, you couldn't bring in Marty. You couldn't bring in Callahan to say something on stage. You couldn't bring Girardi to say something on stage. You couldn't bring Nash in to say something on stage. There are a lot of dudes who should have been available for this that I felt it was a little odd that um, the only other people really on that stage were the other retired numbers. Otherwise, uh, a great, great ceremony. Um, and Also, shout out, shout out to the guy, Mark Messier, who makes everything about himself. I fucking respect it. Also, shout out to the he MSG makes show about him. The MSG production crew is stopping showing Zook after the third time, realizing, oh, <laughs> they're they, again. They should have put Zook up when when the second Hank thanks Dolan and Sather, put Zook up there, and people are going to think they're not booing. They're not boos. They're Zooks, Sam. Oh, the other way around, Joe. There you go. Uh, yeah, ceremony was great. Had a great time. Let's let's actually break up the uh, breakdown rather the last couple games. Uh, before that, Do we have to uh, very quickly. I think it's important to say. So Adam Fox is uh, on the IR, even though Gallant said he'd be day to day. Masterful liar. Uh, I do think there's I, there's no report exactly of what's going on. I, I have to imagine, and I'm going to trust and believe the Rangers. And I can't believe I'm saying that by thinking it's minor. Uh, Gallant would later go on to say he's definitely going to be back after the break, which is when the Rangers have one more game that is on the day this podcast comes out. That's Tuesday, February 1st with the Panthers, and then they're off for 14 days. So I'm expecting to get Kako back, Heedle, and Adam Fox by the 15th. And I think you and I can agree at that point there will probably be some new Rangers as well. Yes. I I don't mind this Gallant, Gallant, Galuck 
call it good night lie very much. Um, even if it's day to day, that game that happens in the Blue Jackets game, so you know no matter what, he's not playing the next night. There's no reason to bring him back for the crack in. So you're essentially like, do we put him on IR to keep him out for three weeks, even if he doesn't need three weeks to recover, or do we try to bring him back for the Panthers game? And I'm totally fine with I'd rather it get right and not have to worry about it anymore as opposed to him trying to play with it lingering and then going into the break and some, something possibly happening while playing against the Kraken or the Panthers. Fine by me. Doesn't matter much. We've talked about how the Rangers have done all this good work to build this cushion between them and fourth place in the Metro. That still exists. I'm not overly worried about the Rangers placing one, two, or three in this division. I just the, If the Rangers need time to get some players right, same thing goes for Kako, same thing goes for Heedle, this is the time to do it. Now, what I do have a problem with is – I I'm going to call it early, Ryan. I'm, I'm trying to call my shot so I'm out ahead of the storm before it happens and then I'm just angry about it. Okay, I'm ready. I, I got to tell you, the 2021-2022 New York Rangers – they're starting to have a lot of 2021 New York Mets think on them. A lot. A lot. You mean the first, they one, are, the first 100 games suite from last week? Yeah, they are an inherently flawed team with star players who are now getting injured at times in which you would have to go all in. And instead, I, have, I just have a feeling that the Rangers are going to be a team that says, well... Maybe we would have gone all in if everybody was healthy. I but think since they, everybody's not, we're, I think we're going to sit this one out. You think and so? I'm, I'm just, you're, you're, you're considering that maybe Drury says, hey, maybe we make some minor moves. That's really yes. it. I think it's starting, it's starting to smell like half measure season as opposed to trying to fix what ails this team. And that's exactly what the Mets did. They did a half measure deal thinking, well, this isn't exactly the team I want to go all in with. So despite the fact See, I, that can I, can other I, teams around back? me are struggling. Can I push back? You know, I'm going I mean, to. Ha- you're supposed to. Javi Baez is legitimate. Yeah, that is a guy who's a that, star. Yeah, yeah, fine. That's not the only thing the, the Mets needed. Again, you have to remember that the Mets did get Javi Baez, but the original part of that deal was Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, and a starting pitch. Fine, fine, fine. I'm not talking about the Mets anymore. But the, the, the Rangers – sorry, I can't do it. The Rangers. Also, I'm, I'm, we're not talking about the Mets. Detroit Tigers. Fuck that. that, he, that sucks. <laughs> he strikes out so fucking much. <laughs> you, I can't with you, man. Um, the the Rangers in general. I mean, I don't. I don't, I think the hurdle thing is kind of off the table. Um, I can't wait till he's a Ranger and like you can clip that and rub it in my face. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, but I do think they're gonna go out and make one of those um, swing moves. They're checking everywhere. I think Drew's gonna take the lowest price possible. I think that's kind of where we yeah, end up. Yeah, that's right not now. that's not good enough. Like, look at. Shit, all right, we're recording this on Sunday. Just we are. Spoiler alert for everybody out there. We are. We just watched the Rangers give up 42 shots to the fucking Seattle Kraken. Not exactly an offensive juggernaut of a team. Now, I know they've been playing well recently, and they had a pretty big win against the Penguins before coming in to face the Rangers. But the New York Rangers got outshot by 18 shots against an expansion team that is actively trying to sell off their best pieces. So I one a low-cost small upgrade ain't gonna fucking cut it i'd rather the rangers do nothing as opposed to doing something for the sake of something the problem is 
the problem with the Rangers is they need to do big things because, again, very good hockey teams don't just luck into this many points at this season. I understand that a lot of things have had to go right in order for the Rangers to get these points because so much has gone wrong, specifically this team's offense at five on five. Igor Shostarkin playing out of his mind. Penalty, he's power play unit, Dude, he's incredible. Penalty kill, incredible. All those things are great, but there's so much of this game that's played at even strength that the New York Rangers, for whatever reason, and it's not just the kids, it's Mika Zibanejad, it's Chris Kreider, it's Artemi Panarin, it's a lot of your star players that are just limp dick at five on five. You need Viagra at some point in time. <laughs> this is, you got to go like out there and get is, a helper. Not a sponsor. Uh, I like how to the that, that, We used to do those ad reads a long time ago. A different company, though. Roman. Hey, no. I have to beep that. <laughs> no free ads. That's how that works. Sorry. Um, I was talking about Roman Czechmonic, former hockey player. I, I'm going to beep that, too, so people don't know. What? Yeah, I have a lot of editing to do. Even I have to do some editing on our, our other podcast uh, interview all, as well. All roads lead to blank? Yes, there you go. Uh, yeah, I like that. When in blank. Okay, and uh, this is a terrible nope. segment. Okay, so now let's move on. Uh, I'm with you on that. I, I don't want to pretend you're, either. You're that... with me on the Rangers needing Viagra, just to be clear. Yes, that is I want to be. Going. Yeah, I'm right there. Okay. I'm right there with Little you. Little blue helper. Yes, it's my man. I've slept like five hours in the past two days. It's been awesome. I'm trying to just make sense of anything I can think at this point, which is, you know, yeah. if you thought I was an idiot before, it's pretty bad right now. That's for sure. So in order to procreate, Ryan, what I'm trying to say is. Right. So when Kako and Hedl come one. back, okay, yeah. that's not like a boost. Kako. Kako. Yeah. Right. Good. If people are going to be like, hey, uh, wow, I really want to hear about that Henrik Lundqvist ceremony I took my family. <laughs> <laughs> Great time. This is the number one Ranger podcast. I'm sure they have nice things to say, but they're We're talking just, about the trunk company, and company, what? Company. Somebody X just going to send us notes. We don't even work for them anymore. Uh, I know. Just a little bit of tagging. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't want this team to pretend that, like, Kako and Hedl coming back is, like, a magical fix because they were 5v5 disasters oh. when they were both is here. There anything worse, is there anything worse as a sports fan than your favorite team saying so-and-so coming back from injury is the equivalent of a trade deadline deal? No, it's one of the worst things ever. It's it's kind of insulting to your intelligence. It is like, uh, yeah, but think about it. It's like we're we're getting them back, and we're gonna be a good like. Okay, I know you have the money and you have the cast space. Make it happen. Uh, right. Let's let's just quickly review the other two games because the Hank Knight game was a, a miserable experience. Uh, we haven't talked about obviously the call on the ice just yet. First things first, the Rangers come out and dominate the first period. Chris Kreider, amazing yet again, and then the Rangers continue to lay an egg. Uh, the second and third period. The, the goal that wasn't, I still, I know that a lot of people, it's been explained, you know, he touches the pad, et cetera, with Ryan Strom. I still think it's sort of a 50-50 call. In, in attendance, it you really don't know. You have no idea. The whole arena goes absolutely bonkers. Again, people paid thousands of dollars to fly from around the world to be here during a goddamn blizzard. And then uh, refs call it off and call it confirmed on the ice. I'm still not sure it was. I understand the the ruling in there. It, to me, it's too close to call. Um, but it was just a, just a, a tremendous bummer. The Rangers didn't deserve to win that game anyway. Yeah, I first of all, don't throw shit on the ice. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you. That's it. I don't. We don't need. I say more. Fuck off. You're not that important. Stop making it about yourself. Second, the refs didn't cost the New York Rangers that game. The Rangers. I, under, I understand in the moment that it feels like the refs cost the Rangers a chance at a win because 
the call didn't seem to make sense on the ice. Nobody knows what fucking goalie interference is. I don't see anything wrong with that goal. I'm not going to slow down the tape and see if, you know, the back and to the left happened to Cam Talbot's leg. Not for me. Looked like a good goal on the ice. Felt like it should have been a good goal. Felt like I got robbed of a goal late with one second left in the period. New York Rangers got outshot 19 to seven in the second period with a 2-0 lead. And they choked away a 2-0 lead against the Wild. The Wild were clearly the better team for more than 66% of that game. The Rangers let one off the hook. It's on the Rangers. I I don't care how that call went, whether the Rangers got 1.2 points or no points. The Rangers lost that game well before that call was decided with two less than two seconds left. Well before. They sucked in the second period. And the third. And the the third. Uh, Until the last two minutes. They were terrible. Yeah. Lifeless. It's, and this this is we say this happens too much. It happened today with the Kraken. Well, three straight the games, Rangers, you, you blow two zero leads. It's not not a yeah. great trend. I mean, you won, but no. it doesn't mean anything. Like, I mean, it's two points. The new winnings, winnings we cannot points, we we cannot say that the New York Rangers did not deserve to beat the Minnesota Wild. And if the Seattle Kraken were just ten percent better at hockey, they're not beating the Kraken either. We haven't even brought up that CBJ got sixty two shots against the night before, lost six nothing. The night in, before came Ryan. in on a back to back, and uh, Rangers came over. The, the Blue Jackets and got the crap beat out of them right away. I mean, I know the Adam Calgary Fox got hurt. Flames, the Calgary Flames took 62 shots in 60 minutes. That game didn't go to overtime. That shit was decided in regulation. The Flames took 62 shots. And the next night, the Rangers allowed the Blue Jackets to score five times. And the Blue Jackets looked like the better team. Flat out. Even after they fell behind 2-0. Yeah, and and, and, and like again, I, don't, I, I would love to crap on Georgiev. I'm, we're big fans of it. We do Can't it on do the it. Yeah, I know he had some softies in that one, but it's not him. It's not on him. He really no, no, definitely not. This team is playing poorly at even strength. Again, it's it's masked because Igor Shosturkin is a legitimate heart candidate because this power play is ridiculous because Chris Kreider oh, that, is scoring at a pace we've never seen. That before. first play today with Panarin and Mika's butter that was amazing. I, I love when Mika's in that shooter spot. I'm I'm happy he's kind of like trending there again. But it's just I. This team is not playing well. I'm, we're not being negative for saying that. It is a statement of fact. You don't need to listen to this podcast to see that the New York Rangers are struggling. The good teams go through bad stretches. We've said this before. And when the Rangers went through their first bad stretch of the season, they were lucky enough to win the majority of those games, which is partially why they're in the position they're currently in. That's great and good, but that doesn't change the fact, just because the Rangers won a game, doesn't mean the process was good. It's that simple. And the New York Rangers have to do some things to change that. It's it's small things. Like maybe not playing Greg McKagan, your bottom six. Like maybe trying to find the six best defensemen to play on a nightly basis and not try to force feed Lieber Hayek into your lineup. By maybe giving Alexi Lafreniere consistent minutes on the top line. Because well, I got to tell you, looks Ryan, great today. two for two, pretty good. Pretty fucking good. The one line that worked for the Rangers today was the top line of Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, and Alexei Lafreniere buzzing the entire game. At some point, maybe we do have to call a spade a spade and say, our Tony Panarin's having a bad year. I know he's getting the points. He's, yeah, he's, but he's tenth, not 10th in points. <laughs> he's <laughs> not doing what he usually does at five on five. And... As crazy as this is going to sound to say, it can't be just Ryan Strom on that line. Like the I Rangers, know. I love Ryan some Strom. things. Some things are internal, right? 
there are some things the Rangers need to do internally in order to be better at 5v5. Artemi Panera needs to play better. That top line of Zibanejad and Kreider needs a consistent third wheel, which seems to be Alexis Lafreniere. It has to be Lafreniere. it works. And then you put Kapokako right back with Stroman, Panera, and you run. That's it. Which, and I don't... I don't care if Panarin dislikes playing with Capocaco. He wants to be an alternative captain. Suck it the fuck up and play with a good player on your right wing. Also, yell at him when he doesn't get into the zone entries correctly. It's totally fine. You can yell at Kako. You, I mean, he's, always, he's a professional hockey player. He's a man. He's a yeah. man now. You could do it. Yeah, at, at, at some point, and I gotta, if, if it's Gallant appeasing Panarin, that's not good coaching. Galant needs to go up to him and be like, you know who's going to make you a better hockey player? You know who's going to make this team better at 5v5? If Kapokako is playing with you. So shut the fuck up. And if you want Kreider <laughs> to say it in Russian for you, this let is, him do it. This is uh, one of those episodes where both of us are just losing it. We're so tired. <laughs> I literally, my 11 o'clock train got canceled yesterday. So I tried to get a 10 o'clock train yeah. thinking that hey. if I tried to get an earlier train, it would be better. That 10 o'clock train left at noon. Thanks to so everyone just... that came out and drank with us during a blizzard. Thank yeah, you. you guys are fucking animals you're and nuts. You're crazy. You're, 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 you're nuts. Every person who left, I was like, I beg of you, get home safely. I don't need this on my conscience. That's I'm sure. not important enough for you to come have, a, did have a great time. Though. Thank you. I had a lovely time uh, trying uh, the day uh, again, Saturday, trying to get home in a blizzard. I told myself, all right, I know the two turns I need to make yeah. in order to get out of this hotel and get to the, to the train station. It's a left and then it's a right. And of course, I made a left and then a left and didn't realize I made the second left until I was two blocks in the wrong direction. And then I just honestly thought about lying down on the road and dying. I walked because on. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I walked 25 blocks, met a guy from Wisconsin. We talked how nice it was to meet people at 4 a.m. at a halal cart. So. <laughs> New York City, uh, Concrete Jungle, where dreams are made. Yeah, that's it. Um, I had a great time. Yeah. It, but anyway, speaking of dreams, I dream of the day the New York Rangers are once again good at 5v5. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know what sleeping pill I need to take. I don't know who needs to sponsor this podcast in order for that to happen. But I know that as currently constructed, the New York Rangers aren't going to do shit in the playoffs. Maybe Igor ekes out a round one victory over the Capitals or the Penguins. But I know the New York Rangers won't be favored, and I know that line will be correct. And unless the New York Rangers make a significant move that helps address what this team ails at 5-on-5 and makes some adjustments to their coaching style. This team ain't doing shit. And then if you if you don't want to trade, we talk about this with Eddie Spaghetti, who's one of the producers for um, the Extra Points Podcast Network. You guys probably know him from all the stuff Cousin Sal does. That guy's great. He's wonderful. And he makes his point too. I, I don't want the Rangers just to make a trade to lose in the playoffs. And the, the trade alone will not be what makes the New York Rangers a potential cup contender. They have to do some things internally to address what the hell is happening. Right. Because right now, all Galan is doing is trying the same thing over and over again, and it ain't fucking working. No, I'm going to give Galan some credit here. He did finally move Lafreniere to the top line and kind of kept him there. That's, that's sure. At least and today. I know, and I know, I know that he's again, without Kako and Hedo, you're asking now Johnny Brzezinski and Greg McKegg to do things you shouldn't ever be asking them to do. I did like the but three. On, good... I did like the three on two where Reeves was like the trigger man. It's like, hey, get to Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing: Galan is also the guy who's putting Dryden Hunt in situations that he shouldn't be in. He's also the guy that isn't bringing Morgan Barron into this lineup when there's an injury. He's also the guy that continues. I bl- I turn to you, Ryan, with three and a half minutes left. The Rangers down a goal to the Minnesota Wild. And I said, and I quote, nobody I'd rather have on the ice with three and a half minutes left and Rangers down a goal than Ryan fucking Reeves. As much as I love that guy, and I do, 
my coach needs to realize that I need a goal right now. And maybe I don't put my fourth line out there just because it's their turn. It was strange maybe that I the don't. fourth line had like two shifts with six minutes left. It was like, eh. And down a goal. Yeah. I understand that he's a player's coach, and I get it. I get why guys love it playing for him, like putting Reeves on the fucking power play. But there are that times you don't do it. Like when it's only a one-goal game and you need a goal, I don't want to see Greg McKegg anywhere near the fucking ice. Also, need to shout out, I don't think I've ever been more like viscerally angry at a human being than when McKegg is fucking like broken oh controller to the bench, <laughs> the puck following him. And Panarin is screaming at him to get off the ice. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, let's do some five-star questions, and we'll get to our interview and then get out of here. Uh, this is from David. This will be an OT, uh, definitely, in the future. David asks, due to the sheer brilliance of Adam Fox, a wormhole opens underneath MSG, and the Rangers are now Jim Henson movie. Uh, what Muppet plays each Ranger? I won't do each one, but I do think, um, what's his name? The uh, Sam the Eagle looks like Chris Kreider. So there you go. Uh, next question. <laughs> we'll do it that one day. I don't know. I'm not like a Muppet expert. I did see the the Muppet exhibit at the Museum of Moving Art. There you go. Image. Sorry. I will say, I like calling people a Muppet when I'm trying to insult them. It's such a good... Great insult. It's a good insult. This is from AF. Because how do you respond to it? You're just like, what? I'm, I'm a... Come again? What is a realistic package you'd be willing to part with for Chikrin? Actually, this is a question that gets asked to us later. And how do we fill whatever lineups in the whole deck, uh, whatever lineup holes that creates? I think there's not a lot of lineup holes that package would create, um, depending. I mean, if Lingren's part of it, who knows? Uh, I actually don't think he would be. But I think the Rangers are sort of out on Chikrin at this point. I think the package that the Rangers would have offered is something like a first, Niels or Jones, uh, uh, not Schneider. Kraftstop, obviously, and maybe one other player, uh, which probably isn't enough comparatively to like a Lundell deal, which isn't probably happening either. Yeah, I, 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 I said later on in the show that it, essentially any package that isn't Kako and Lafreniere for Chickridden is good. I'll go as far to say actual names this time. One of Schneider and Lundquist, which, whichever they prefer, honestly. One of them, uh, Kraftstop, two first-round picks, and if I need to add a sweetener, I don't think I would in that deal. So I'll just say those four pieces. This is from our, our good friend, Hip Hop Jorge. Uh, do you think the Rangers will make a trade before the February 15th? Yes. And if the trade happens, who does we get? Who do we get? I think it, it legitimately is going to be, and I know this is a super cop-out answer, whoever Drury feels like he can get for the cheapest price that he feels also will improve the team the most. I know that how dumb that is, uh, but I, I have a feeling that's the philosophy that Drury is going with. Yeah, I can't disagree. It's from Dan from LI. Uh, does Ryan Strobe get an extension done by the trade deadline? I'll say no. No. Um, no. I'll say no. Yeah. Chris Norway. Uh, with Kreider and Panarin, we don't get we don't get to use Lafreniere in the top six if he doesn't move to the right. We do our best. Uh, we don't get the best out of him, and we're not giving him time to develop on the top lines. It's a power play. As the number one overall pick, his value should still be high. Not a fan of it. But should the Rangers explore a trade where they can get real value in return? If he's stuck on the third line in the next couple of years, the value might be gone. If they can get Elias Pettersson, I, I, I'll make this deal. But the Rangers can't fit that cap space. And also, Lafreniere is cheap as hell and is now still developing and hopefully can become the player that we want. It would have to be like I, a, a – they wouldn't include Lafreniere in the Eichel deal. And now that's all over. I'm more concerned that the number one overall pick left winger – who was the slam dunk number one overall pick on a tier by himself, best talent in the draft, 
is incapable of playing on the right. That'd be more concerning to me than number one overall pick stuck on the third line. And I, I say it every week. I get it. I'm, I'm not, I wasn't born and bred in hockey. It's more complicated than me just taking guy on left, dragging him to guy on right. It, it's harder than that. I expect highly skilled hockey players to be able to do it. And if Alexei Lafreniere wants to be that guy, he needs to be able to do it. And so far, the last two games, it's looked nice. There was even a time when Kreider and Lafreniere were both on the left, something I yell about all the time. And I thought, great, that looks fun. Why don't you just do that? That's wonderful. So I, I yes, if the Rangers could get Pedersen, I'd be fine trading Lafreniere because Pedersen's that guy. He's that young. And he's a bigger need than what the Rangers need out of like say Lafreniere. However, I believe in Lafreniere on the right. The Rangers need to believe in Lafreniere on the right. Lafreniere needs to believe in Lafreniere on the right. It just needs to happen. It, it, it makes way too much sense. It's almost like if someone tells you two plus two and you have to solve for X, sometimes the answer isn't more complicated than four. Uh, Tom Ertz asks, if this team ever wins a cup with Chris Kreider on the roster, does he get his jersey retired? I'll say yes. Um, I'll say no. Do you think Adam Graves think deserved so. his jersey retired? I think Adam Graves. I'm only saying that because statistically it's not like, you know, he had like one incredible season, but he never like banged the doors down again. Adam Graves is one of the most likable people of all time. I know. I... I think part of the reason why this is gonna I think this might be a little bit of a hot take. I think part of the reason why Adam Graves has his number retired is because fans were angry when he left. And the Rangers wanted to change that anger and change the narrative surrounding Graves. Graves is so a great think, player. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I he's a great guy, great player, but I think you and I have pretty high retirement standards. Yes. But like that's my point. I'm not sure Graves meets my standards, but I guess on that, like, if the Rangers win, they would feel the need to memorialize someone from that team, right? And I guess Kreider would be the most logical dude, even though I mean it could end up being Fox. There's two. Yeah, like I was gonna say there's two. There's Leech. two people on this team that have their chance of getting there, or the best well, chance. It's Igor and Fox. It's Igor and Fox. They'll they'll probably be in the Raptors one day. Well, I don't know about it. this. Is year two for Igor? Fox will be there. That's a lock. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty certain about five. <laughs> it's a lock. Uh, Eric says, I think it's a good bet within the next 10 years, the NFL team will be in Europe. Do you see the NHL ever expanding overseas? I do not because they cannot figure out how to do it in Arizona or some other places as well. They need to figure it out. That they, well, also, they can't figure out travel restrictions with Canada still. It's been two years. Yeah, there's no way. I, I know why the NHL, uh, sorry, the NFL wants to go over to Europe. They don't, no one really cares about uh, literally American football over in Europe. I mean, some people care, but not not the way that the they want. But people care about hockey. They do. There's just other leagues over there. Maybe not in Britain. No one cares about, about hockey in Britain. But no, this, I, th- I think British hockey is picking up. There's a league over there, and people are in our Discord. People are fiercely loyal about it. Listen, God bless them. I love them. All right, uh, let's get to our interview with uh, Mr. Spaghetti. That's his name. It's official. It's on his license. I heard. And then uh, before we do that, let's get to our, uh, our our little transition here. Here, here we go. Transition.
Here's some big news for you guys just in time for the Super Bowl. we got two weeks before the game. Might as well start preparing now. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, officially live right here in New York. Mobile sports betting is here, and it is mwah, glorious. That means you can place a bet no matter where you are. Like, say, I don't know, Beer Authority, where we had our post-game drink up after the Henrik Lundqvist game, or here in Troy, New York, or down on Long Island, or, you know, wherever the fuck you are. All you have to do is get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's an exciting time to be a sports fan, and DraftKings is making it even more exciting by offering you this. Not a new customer? Don't worry about it. Same game parlays are here. Yeah, for real. I made a same game parlay in the Niners-Ram game. It's five legs. It pays 12 to 1. And if I win it, I'm going to be very rich. That's simple. Combine multiple bets from the same game, bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Better yet, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Sign up using promo code BLUESHIRTS, bet $5, and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's 56 to 1 odds. All you have to do is use promo code BLUESHIRTS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full details. Must be 21 years of age or older and physically present in the Empire State. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day. This is, uh, I, I believe I'm reading this correctly, Edward Spaghetti. You are from the Actions Point Network. Or, is it Extra Points? Action Points? I'm so sorry. You just told me. <laughs> It's Extra Points Network. So uh, it was started by Cousin Sal, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's cousin, who is a very, very, very big gambler, uh, sports gambler. I would tell you that most uh, people that listen to this podcast know who he is. Yeah. So Sal, um, obviously, he's on Fox, uh, Fox Sports 1, doing Fox Bet Live with with a number of people. Uh, He's giving out picks on ESPN back in the day. So he started his own podcast, Gambling Network. We are backed by... FanDuel have, I believe, right now, I think, six or seven podcasts that I pretty much work on all of them, and uh, a lot of good hosts, a lot of great people there, so I'd love to be a part of it. Awesome, man. I will say, I'll say this. I'm pretty sure I would have found sports gambling on my own no matter what, but I think Cousin Sal and Bill Simmons at least get 45% responsibility for my gambling app. That's probably what they like to hear, Greg, to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, the, yeah, those Friday pods that Sal does with Bill, I'm sure they guess the lines. I mean, yeah, that's been, I think everyone around like our age range pretty much grew up with that. So, literally how I got into podcasting. So uh, there you go. Um, let's talk about the Rangers gambling this year, because I think there's a lot of interesting trends, especially when it comes to the Rangers. Um, and I'm not sure how closely you're following all this sicko stuff like we are with the Rangers. But for example, any former Ranger has been a lock to score this year. Zuccarello scored, Brett Howden scored, Tony D'Angelo has scored. And I believe the Rangers have let up seven goal uh, first goals of the season it's like the two betting trends like if you want to bet against your team that's the way to do it um is there a way you prefer to bet the rangers if you do well i'm not sure how accurate this is but i i i I feel like especially with how good uh igor has been playing this year obviously near the top of the league and and a lot of goalie statistical categories i always feel like uh, some of the unders are usually good um especially if the rangers offense goes cold and and, and obviously that that on who they they're playing like today versus the Kraken it's like well I don't think the Kraken are gonna put up a, a, a bunch I know Mika scored I believe already that's correct so, we're, we're uh, recording this in the second period 
yeah so it, it's one of those things where i kind of just watch that but i i have not uh only like friendly wagers i've bet against the rangers i i feel weird with them like betting uh, with or against the rangers so i usually give out picks for other i also feel like because we do a couple of hockey segments i feel like i dominated by talking about the rangers so i try to branch out to <laughs> uh other teams to give other other uh organization some limelight there and i i usually pick i mean my go-to last year there was like a streak of like two weeks where you could bet against the sabers like laying the goal and a half uh and they were not covering that and um this year with like montreal seattle who i just mentioned a few other uh the uh coyotes like a bunch of teams you could bet against and you, you're gonna do pretty well against those teams but yeah with the rangers which was if igor is starting if Golan gives him the nod like i i like going the under with him yeah my my betting so far this year has been find a game I really like and I'm really confident in and parlay that with whoever is playing the coyotes. And it's exactly. been doing, yeah. it's been doing pretty well to this point. Um, you, uh, this is an interesting, you brought something up interesting that I think I want to investigate a little bit with you because I've talked about it on this pod and I want to see if it's just something I do or if there's something a lot of people do. You're uncomfortable betting the Rangers. I'm usually uncomfortable betting my favorite teams. So it sounds like, when you bet the unders, you're kind of also betting against your own misery, right? Because you don't expect Igor Shosturkin to give up goals, and you still don't have a ton of confidence in the Rangers to score a ton on their own. So do you sprinkle in some bet against your own misery bets in there as well? <laughs> That's pretty funny. I I mean, usually if, if the total is around, you know, five, five and a half, six in that range, and if, if Igor's starting, you know, again, this is still matchup dependent. But I'm like, well, we could win this game 3-1. Like, that's kind of how my brain works in that one. I, I still I feel weird even, like, with the Giants are playing full, whatever it is. Like, I'm always just like, uh, I don't know. I want to stay away because I, I feel like I'm the jinx. And, and they've been <laughs> so good this year up until uh, as of late, which has had me uh, punching my walls. But, um, you know, it, I, I just feel weird. Like, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to score five goals. It's going to go over. They're going to dominate. And it's like one of those, like, nail-biting games where they, they go down, like, two zip early and have to come all the way back. And I feel like I'm the cause of that, even though that's, like, so unrealistic. Don't so fact this, check me this... on this. Oh, just just a sec, Greg. Just don't fact check yeah, me. Yeah. But I I always take the overwing your give starts. Like nonstop. It's just That's smart. <laughs> it's right. I think it's like a hundred percent hit. I know it's not, but it feels like it is. Yeah, and Eddie, I'll say my bet against my own misery um theory has come from being just a, a dumb Met fan. And every five days when Jacob deGrom starts, there are two guarantees in this world. He's not giving up runs, and the Mets aren't scoring runs. So I've just made I think a small fortune betting the under in the first five innings of every Jacob DeGrom start. And I've just tried to take this bet against my own misery and expand it into other fields. And now, like Ryan says, Georgiev's in net, a lot of goals are going to happen. Igor's in net, probably not a lot of goals are going to happen. And until the Rangers learn how to score on a nightly basis, I'm just going to be keep doing these things and try to make money off it. A hundred percent. I love the, uh, when Georgie's in that to bet the over and and the first five with the Grom, you are on a list of about 10 to 15 people who I know who do that like consistently. So uh that is like one of the most popular bets during baseball season. It, it was it's a lot. Yeah. He it worked. Um I remember it was nine and oh in his first nine starts last year. And then the tenth game it went over because DeGrom hit a two run triple. Like it was it's just <laughs> That man is a ridiculous, and the fact that the Mets will never score for him. Good news is we get to do it twice if baseball ever exists, because they're not going to score for Scherzer either. I want to let you know that we are the number one New York Rangers podcast. Anyway, so now that we've <laughs> moved on, um, <laughs> you obviously watched the Hank ceremony uh, over the weekend. What yeah. were your takeaways, and what did you think about the trunk? Oh, I mean, where to start with that? You know, I 
the number one thing that comes to mind with Henrik, obviously, is probably like the lack of a cup. And I have gotten a million tweets being like, you know, is, is he the NHL's Dan Marino or, you know, the Charles Barkley, whatever, Patrick Ewing even. Um, and I am no longer upset about the lack of a cup because, like, I've been looking at the rosters. Not that they were bad rosters, but I just feel like he really put the team on his back and carried teams that probably shouldn't have been there. So I almost feel better in a sense that like he was that damn good that he brought those teams that probably should have fell short to like the precipice of a cup um, a few times, uh, but especially 2014. But I mean, you know, he's my favorite athlete I've ever watched. I mean, I've pretty much seen his entire career, watch almost every single game he's played in uh, countless times at the garden when I still live in New York to see him. I mean, he's, uh like one of the greatest like what he does off the ice too i mean he's just an all-around amazing human being obviously why so many people loved him so many people showed up at the garden to to wish him well and the hockey community even uh, it, it's just hard to root against henrik lunkas and he meant so much to us and like yeah of course i i wish we all had a cup but yeah his his individual accomplishments what he did for the team for the city for the sport of hockey i mean you can't say enough about him and he's uh, he's the best, and 30 deserves to be hung in the rafters and in Massacre Garden forever. Eddie, were you a little surprised? I don't know how much of the ceremony you actually watched, but were you, were you a little surprised that it didn't feature more former teammates? It, it, it For me, watching it, it, I've seen enough number of ceremonies where like you get the random teammate that gets to come out and say a couple words, but it was really just weeks and that's it, and I felt that was a little odd. If anything, I did see uh, a lot of it. And yeah, I did see the the trunk. I did see the the, the trunk's guitar. legendary. It's the first twenty minutes of our show today. Yeah, the 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 trunk, the guitar that they. I I'm did I hear this correctly? The the guitar was made by people who made uh, goalie masks. Is that it's, correct? It's, it's, it's the the guy who painted all of Hank's masks painted the guitar. That's pretty awesome. Um, that's great. The yeah, guitar so was I saw sweet. those gifts. Yeah, it really was, and Hank had shred. But the uh, yeah, with the with, with when week speaking, and then they had they did show later in the game who is it like Girardi and Callahan were up in the box like drinking Bud Lights and stuff. But then and on the ice they only had Leach, Graves, uh, Messier, and uh, is that it? Uh, yeah, there wasn't a, not a lot of people down there on the ice like to speak. I mean, I. I guess I was just so caught up in like celebrating Hank. I didn't really th- think about that, but now you bring it up. It's like, it is weird that not more people spoke or even like his brother, get other people to, you know, to give a few words about his career and what he meant for the team. But uh, yeah, I guess that, that's a good point. We just thought it was really funny when Barkley Goodrow came up and was like, Hey, what's going on? Nice to meet you. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Why is Barkley Goodrow here? This is crazy. Um, it, it, was a, it was a great time. The ceremony itself was beautiful, as, as you know. And then they uh, celebrated Hank in only the way the Rangers could, uh, which oh. is, <laughs> uh, I guess, there was a lot of, hey, Ranger fans, calm down. Like, dude, you can't calm down in that situation. It's Henrik Lundqvist night. The Rangers played like crap the second and third period. And it's really not clear to the fans in the stadium uh, if it was a, if it was goalie interference or not, I'm still not sure. I still don't know how it was confirmed on the ice. Greg and I talked about it like the entire walk to the bar after to drink away our sorrows. <laughs> and uh, it, it is just, uh, you know, so close, but let it down. That's kind of the Hank story. The, that call to me, and I, and I got into a few Twitter arguments over that as well. And, and like, they keep focusing on like Strom and what Strom did and his stick and hitting pushing into the goalie's pads to move them but like what i was focused on was i'm not even sure who it was because i was watching it on on tv i had the uh the nhl network actually had the msg broadcast and i i gotta tell i mean i'm not sure if you guys went back and listened but like joe like lost his mind like when that when that happened and uh 
there was another player on, and I took the screenshots that their stick wasn't even touching the goalie, the pads, anything. It was like directly into the puck. And I, I'm not sure who was on the ice. Who was whoever the left of Strom was. They, they tapped it in. So, and, and Strom himself was also making a move at the puck. I don't get how they called that. It's so 50 50. And like, I, it, there was nothing blatant that would have been a penalty. And I know some people have said it's goalie interference by definition, but I've seen a lot of hockey people who said, it's not clear goalie interference. And I feel like if it's a toss-up and the, another person's stick pushed the puck in, not inter- not touching the goalie, I don't know how you don't call that a goal. I don't know how you review that and you don't change it. Um, but uh, that is a, a very typical way of the Rangers to celebrate Hank's, uh, you know, jersey retirement. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll say in the moment, the, the part that confused me the most is I know it's semantics trying to judge a man by the words that he says. But when – when the lead ref comes out and says the call is confirmed, I, I, in the moment I was like, I have no fucking idea how, whatever the call you made, I don't know how that replay confirmed anything. If they said the call stands, I think I would have reluctantly been like, all right, it's mayhem. You made the wrong call. You got nothing to overturn it. Fine. Whatever I can move on. But in the moment when they said the call was confirmed, I just, it just didn't make, I turned, I turned around. We've had Tim Peel on this podcast before. And I was like, guess we're having Tim back on the show because we have no idea what the fuck's going on. I also just, for once in my life, I just want to know what goaltender interference is. I don't think we're asking for too much for someone just to tell us what the fuck goaltender interference actually is because the NHL makes it up on a daily basis. It's It either something is or something isn't. There's no clear definition. It's like trying to figure out what the hell's a catch in the NFL anymore. I, I, I was just going to say, every sport has their one rule that uh, that is like, it changes depending on who the uh, the group of referees are. are. It's, you know, and uh, you said catch in football, goalie interference in hockey, basketball, like what's a travel or a walk? It's like, no matter where, you know, it's just always something. Uh, I, I, I'm still, I'm furious over that. I think the saying, like they confirmed the call, like what are you confirming? Like your original call, like it's not, you, you didn't explain to, I was not explained what the actual infraction was. Because I still think that like they were not focusing on the correct. It's just, it's just, it made me so sick to lose the game the way they did before the hang ceremony, and then lose this game. Obviously, up two nothing, and then blow it like that. You you storm back in the third, get that goal. I thought it would have been awesome. Probably, I mean, like, to win that game in overtime or something would have been so. The crowd would have been electric. I mean, you guys are there. It would have been insane. But that's uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not over that goal that that messed up call yet. They have to do a better job in every sport of just. Look, we're at the point now we we put technology into professional sports. Like, I'm not saying wipe out the the live ref completely, but it's it's one of those things now where it's just getting absolutely ridiculous. And it affects so many. It affects not only gambling, but obviously the outcome of games and, and, and points and, and playoff standings. And it's just it's ridiculous. It is. I, I'm on this weird fence where it's I, I like the human element. I, I'm almost scared of robo umps and uh, and replays, but. Like Greg said, uh, I've been so confused about NHL rules forever. Like, I don't know why they don't call penalties in the playoffs. I don't understand what goalie interference yeah. is. I have, I have no clue. We asked him, Peel. I was like, hey, why do you call penalties in the playoffs? He was like, hey, man, uh, people just don't make penalties in the playoffs. I was like, okay, cool. That was it. It's like they tighten up. They play the game better. It makes no sense to me. Um, with this season that we're going the way the Rangers have, have gone so far, obviously no Adam Fox right now and no Heedle, no Kako. Seems like they're kind of just trying – to uh, force themselves to get to the all-star break. Where do you kind of see the rest of the, the rest of this Ranger season going? Uh, do you have a prediction for a big move and, and where are you standing for uh, the playoff push? Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the number one question right now is if you asked me this, um, let's just say uh, two weeks ago, 
I would have been like, no, like, let's just stand pat. I think we have enough guys, younger guys, that if we need to bring up in case of an injury, we'd be all right. But now they've lost a couple of games. They, you know, boneheaded games they should have won. Obviously, having uh, Carolina and Pittsburgh right near them in the standings and with the injuries. And it seems like, I guess, outside of uh, Kako, that, you know, they should be, like, at least Fox should probably be coming back right after the, uh, the All Star break, which is, you know, I guess, good timing for an injury if you have to have one. But, I, I haven't really decided, like, do I really want a mortgage, more future to get a guy to win now? And it's like I, we finally built a really, really good minor league system here. And I know there's a couple of names floated. And, you know, obviously with the, the craft stuff thing way early on, that didn't really work out as planned. So I feel like the entire year we were like, well, we need somebody to fill in that role because that's why we traded away Buchnevich and he was supposed to fill that slot. And that has never been filled, but the Rangers kept winning. So we kind of forgot about it. And now it's kind of like biting us in the ass. So it's like, do we go make a move and trade away a first round pick and trade away minor league prospects like the Rangers of old? Um, and I'm, I guess like I went into the season thinking like, this is not going to be the year they're going to win the cup anyway, but then they played so well. You're like, I- I'm not sure if I want to flip the switch and rush the process because this is supposed to be a patient year. Let the guys kind of, uh, the younger guys figure out uh, the league a little bit more like Lafreniere and, and Kako. Mm. And, you know, so now it's like, because they were so good, are we supposed to rush this thing? And I, I still have not come to a decision yet. Like, obviously there's a package on the table that makes a lot of sense. We're not giving up our top end guys or multiple top end guys. Like, sure. We can get a guy that could contribute now, but I, I'm not sure if I want to waste like, like this, this was never supposed to be the Rangers cup year, if, if that makes sense. And I feel yeah. like we would probably be doing a disservice if we're like, well, let's go all in now because we were in first place for a large portion of the season. So there are a lot of, I guess I want to try and explore the trade targets in a little bit of a different way, because I don't know if you've noticed this, but it, it seems more and more that people, instead of saying who they want, they're more vocal about who they don't want. Is there a player heavily connected to the Rangers that you've seen so far that you're just like, no, what are we doing? Why him? Any, any great question, any defensive prospect because like our player in the league, cause I feel we have, we're strong enough defensively, especially in, in the minors. Like we can be calling out guys left and right who are, who are great. Like Schneider, I believe Jones had a, a couple points today. Like, I mean, there's the guys that are contributing. So it's like, I don't, I don't grasp the idea of getting another defensive player on an NHL team, like I personally would go after, you want to get a couple wings, you know, sure. Like that's, I understand. Or obviously someone who could win face-offs, that's been a kind of a problem for the, uh, a large portion of this year. But I, I would stay away. Like I wouldn't panic because Fox is injured or anything like that. So I don't, I don't see the need to, to get someone defensively uh, to help this team out. I know, you know, Miller's had a couple bad turnovers that have cost us games this year, but like they'll figure it out. It's a young group, which is why I'm like trying to be as patient as possible. I don't want to be this Rick Rangers team of old who would just trade away parts and bring in a, a high end guy. Um, I, like you're building this foundation to compete for a very long time because you have a lot of young guys. So I, I'm okay with it. Like if they get into the playoffs this year and they don't win the, the cup, they they have a tough series and maybe they win a series and lose the next round. Like I'm going to be okay with that uh, weirdly, but you know, obviously you don't get many chances to win. Not everything goes the way you want it to be, but I I guess I have like these visions of the Rangers kind of being like a Blackhawks type dynasty where they could win cups through like a longer period Ooh. of time than most dynasties. 
that's just kind of how I feel. Man, I I think we were there. I'm not. I don't want to be this guy right now. I'm gonna be this guy. Um, they they do have the players to do that, and it really all depends on if Lafreniere and Kako become that like next level. Sure. Th- that that's really how I see it. And I'm very pro Kako, extremely. Uh, I'm a little bit lackluster on laugh sometimes. I obviously know he's 19. He's still a kid. There's still a lot of development to go, and he hasn't gotten the ice uh, time. Scored scored well. scored today. I'm yeah, aware yeah, of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, trust me, people are screaming at me that it's just a tap in. Why can't he score fab, uh, fabulous goals? I don't understand what will make you people happy. Um, that being said, uh, I think the dynasty aspect of this, and I, I do think that was a potential when it was on the table and Adam Fox accelerated that process in a big way. It's all going to depend on how these forward prospects develop because I have news for you. Brett Howden went to Vegas and he's been suitable. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that I can tell you that with a straight face that Brett Howden has been suitable after he was one of the, the most cardio based players I've watched in, in the six years of doing this podcast where he did literally nothing night in and night out. And now he's scoring, scoring and playing defense. Uh, it makes me question some Ranger development, uh, I guess, situations. Uh, we'll, see. Uh, we'll go on. Sorry. I'll, I'll jump. I wanted to jump in quick because you, you brought up laugh. And I will say I was lucky enough to go to both of the uh, the SoCal Rangers games. So my only chance to see them, uh, usually just the Kings game, because if you know anything about L.A. to Anaheim, especially if it's a weekday game, you, it's just not going to happen. But uh, luckily it was a Saturday game. So I saw them both uh, play and they, they beat the Ducks, lost to the Kings. The, to me, the mo- one of the most noticeable players on the ice for both games was actually Laugh. Um, he like he just seemed to always get involved, and he was doing the right thing. So I, I feel like with him, I'm not just saying this because I'm a, a, a biased Rangers fan and he was the number one overall pick, but I do think for him it's just like a matter of time. I hope so. I, I think it's there. Like Obviously, he was the tier one consensus number one overall player that year. Yep. And Byfield was very close by some people, but otherwise he was always in a tier of his own. And he's been put into a situation that's been not unfair to him. He has to force his way into playing time, but he has Artemi Panarin and Chris Kreider ahead of him in his position. So he's he's a young kid. He's got to learn how to play right wing right now. And it seems like they're doing that. But back to your point, the, the, real, the real window will be like these next four or five years. And I, I do think the Rangers have a chance. And this will be the year maybe they go out and take a swing. I think Greg will say this with me. Uh, we're big Phil Kessel boys. I uh, think, think he'd be good on this team. I think there's a lot of rental potential. And I, I'm with you that we shouldn't go out and kind of like try and stabilize the defense just because Adam Fox is hurt a little bit. And I think he'll be back right after the All-Star break. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm and the Kessel like is great because I don't think you're – are you really mortgaging that much for Phil Kessel right now? Yeah. I, I don't think so. But I also think like he would fill uh, a big need in certain regards. Like I'm fine with that kind of move. Like the things that kind of scared me were like – reading rumors about like our you know blue chippers and first round picks i'm like what are, what are we doing like they were supposed to be a pretty good team this year a solid team and we just far exceeded expectations very quickly because we have like the one of the top goaltenders and the top defensemen and a lot of good other forwards and, and chris Kreider's having a career year like that's why i got accelerated like i don't think we should really like you know there's no reason to to go 100 miles an hour right now like we we finally built this foundation and i think that it's it's okay to be patient because it'll pay off in the long run at least that's how i i view it but like a castle move i think would be like something along the lines of that would be fine in my eyes it just can't take a first to get phil castle it's not right no it castle is the legitimate sports rental where it's just what you're giving up is not going to be anything significant but i I'll, I'll respond to two, two of the things you said to that. Um, I will say that I agree with you mostly on the defenseman front. I do think if Chikrin's available, he's one of those guys that just shouldn't ever become available. So when that kind of player 
is open for trade, I think you have to do your due diligence to see what it will take and how you can make it work for your team. Because I do think he's just one of those guys. Like it's, it's essentially like a, an, an NBA player becoming available who you might have a guy that plays the same position, but you have to at least investigate what it takes to get Chikrin. And if you don't get him, you don't get him. But I, well, I, I think what would you say no to though? Like what, what package I, is far too much? Cause like, that's the name I've seen the most. And I'm just like every, every time, like obviously you see like the other fan base and they give their yeah. packages you're like, well, that's not happening. But I just feel like depleting something, ruining the chemistry. Like, I, I don't know, like where, where do you, what's the line for you? For me, honestly, if it doesn't include Kako and Lafreniere, I'm all ears. It, it's really, it's that simple. I know um, if you really, if you're ever in the mood to get Ranger fans to become the most divisive you've ever seen them in your mentions, mention including Lindgren in a trade for Jacob Chikrin and see what the hell happens. <laughs> but it's yeah. uh, honestly like Chikrin. It is anytime those conversations happen, it's just like we all love Ryan Lindgren. We all love the way he plays. We none of us are actively trying to trade Ryan Lindgren, but there's also nobody who can sit here and say that Lindgren is better than Chikrin. So if you're mm-hmm. like, if, if you have the chance to upgrade, you, you always have to do it. But like, I, I'm in no mood for a rental defenseman, right? I don't want anyone to come in here and just be better than Patrick Nemeth because the Rangers have guys that are better than Patrick Nemeth. And all they have to do is play them. Yes. And that's a very big difference. But the reason why Ryan and I have long been saying that the, this is the year the Rangers actually need to push their chips all in it, it's just all about salary cap space. After this year, the Rangers team is going to be that team for four straight years. They don't have the flexibility to make a move for any piece without moving a piece of their own. This is the one year they can just trade for a guy without having to give up an on-roster player and have that guy fit under the cap. This, this is it. And you, we've seen Igor get hurt multiple times, including this year. Mm-hmm. We've seen Fox get hurt. We've seen Zibanejad get hurt. And quite honestly, we've just never seen Chris Kreider like this. So I just, I don't know why you wouldn't try to capitalize on all these things. Cause I can't sit here and tell you that all these things are going to happen again. It, it's just, it's out of the realm of possibility in my mind. Yeah. I mean, it, one thing you learn in sports is like, you can never take for granted the, the your window of opportunity. Like, you know, not to keep ta- bringing back to the NFL, but people are talking like, Oh, like Josh Allen will definitely get back there. It's like, no, nope. will he like, like will, will he get back there? Cause it's like, they just lost their OC might lose their DC lost their assistant uh, GM. Like it's it, like you said, salary cap plays a role. Dude, Rod- Rogers is like a concussion away from having no rings. Like exactly. That, that's it, it. Exactly. It's so it's like, I, I, I am with you in the sense that if you are having a, a, a very, you know, this season's ex- far exceeding expectations. So maybe you should push the chips in, but then like, then you think that like making you know, the trade for, um, you know, tr- if you trade away like laugh or, or taco for a defenseman, then you're like, Oh man, like we just drive those guys first or second overall. And our defense has been pretty solid, but I do get what you're saying. And, and also like, I don't want to see him have to play in uh, Arizona state's hockey arena with 4,000 fans. Oh, 3,000. Can, can we also 3, talk about that as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you just imagine this is a professional hockey team and they're going to play in front of an arena smaller than Ryan and I went to Marist college. The McCann Center holds more people than oh Arizona yeah, yeah. My, Coyotes. My, brother, my brother played football for Marist. I know it quite oh, well. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, the McCann the Center Foxes. holds more fans than what the Arizona Coyotes would be playing in front. Of I was shocked that uh, I was shocked because I went to BU and we again it's hold sixty five or seventy five. I forget the exact number. I was shocked how we're like double the size of uh, ASU's, but I guess it's a fairly new program. But 
that is uh, that is really as bad as it gets for a professional team with some really really high end players having to play in front of like you know that's three thousand fans if they could even get three thousand guys in there. That's why they. I hate I hate to be this guy. I really don't like that. Like you got to move. Like if that's the case, you have to leave. <laughs> like if your owner's trying to make you play in front of three thousand people and that's what your decision is, uh, you have to go to Canada or somewhere else. I, I don't see it. I don't really get it. I'm with you. I saw Thick Chicken just so he doesn't have to play. Yeah, yeah, that's what we, Yeah, it's okay. I'm just trying to help it out. It's no big deal. Uh, Greg, any other final questions for our friend here? Um, I guess we we should ask the big one because if if we're gonna have a guy on who is well tuned in the betting betting universe, give me your your best bet for the Stanley Cup, best bet for the heart. I think those are the big two that people would want to know. So, I mean, not just, I won't be, I'll, I'll give you what I said way early on just to not be a loser and change stuff. I'll, I'll be a man of my word. Um, so I don't know why I did this, but I said, I didn't want to pick chalk. So I was staying away from the abs. Uh, and I said that what my big prediction uh, was the lightning. They would not reach the ECF. Uh, so I think what I took was uh, Vegas versus the Maple Leafs. Um, I'm not feeling great about either. I obviously the the whole thing with the Knights is getting Jack Eichel, uh, my BU friend, to get back in the lineup if he plays and he obviously is healthy. They're going to be pretty interesting to see. And uh, the Leafs, I thought just maybe they're one of those teams that were like snake bit for seemingly ever. Uh, and I had faith that they would kind of turn things around. I'll stick. I don't feel great about either of those picks. So I'll I'll stick with that. But because I I did say this a, a few months back. And uh, for for Hart, I mean, as much as I'd love to say, like, a, a, it's funny that the people have rain, Rangers in every category of Hart. It's like, oh, Igor should be there, and also Vesna, and then Fox is Norris, but also Hart. But I don't see that happening. I mean, is it even? I know like Fandle took the odds off. Like, is anyone going to win it besides uh, McDavid? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess Dry. It could be Ovi, points. and that's really it. I mean, yeah, it's I, it's, it's going to be – I feel like it's going to be this way for – it's going to have to be like when Jordan was in the NBA and the writers were just like, well, he's the best player, but who's number two? We'll just give it up number two. Well, that's like when the media every year is like, guy. this guy is the MVP, but actually the MVP is LeBron James. And then yeah, that's the, re- the end of the thing. Year. The only reason McDavid won't win the heart is if the Oilers miss the playoffs, right. which is still just a ridiculous way of viewing an award. Yeah, I, and you brought up Ovi, and I mean, uh, shout out to him. I mean, this guy, like – I, I'm like every year I'm like oh the, the caps are gonna fade away like always oh, getting up there and eight this guy just cares about scoring goals he wants to break the record he loves the game I know he rubs some people the wrong way but I kind of appreciate him if he wanted I would not be I would not be upset about it because I, I love the fact that he's just really hungry for breaking Gretzky's record and he's you know keeping the caps still uh, way relevant than I thought they would fall I seen thing I thought Pittsburgh would fall off too I was way off on both those teams and like we did like our little preseason preview um a few months ago but if obi wanted it at his current age like i i think it's pretty pretty remarkable well mr spaghetti thank you so much for joining us um before you go you want to plug what you do once again and then uh, we'll let you get out of here uh just if you want to twitter at, at edward l murphy I, I have to change it somehow to add eddie spaghetti i think it's like a very popular name um i can't use eddie murphy on at twitter either so i have to find a better one than using my full don't full know why language. you can't use eddie murphy that's so strange I know, I know. Um, but yeah, Extra Points <laughs> Network. We have a website, all our picks there, all our podcasts there. Uh, Extra Points Podcast Against All Odds, uh, Minus Three. We have a bunch of other shows there. Um, Cousin Sal is doing great stuff with us, and I'm lucky to be a part of it. And uh, thanks to you guys for bringing me on. You're both great follows. Uh, I love the Rangers, and I hope this team doesn't break my heart. 
um, like they did on Henrik's ceremony night. Woo. Me too, I'll, buddy. I'll, but I'll, I'll also say this, Eddie. If we hadn't kept saying your name was some form of Eddie Spaghetti, I think people would have closed their eyes and been like, did the guys get Jimmy Kimmel physically on the show this week? You the the the, the you sound incredibly similar to Jimmy. I don't agree. If I would, I'm sorry, Greg. <laughs> I think you sound like Mr. Spaghetti himself. So it's it's funny you say that because I I have he does kind of like drone on like I uncertain um not on his TV voice but we've had a, a lot of uh, shows with him on like Zoom and stuff when he does uh kind of sound similar in a sense I, I do know what you're saying but when he's on TV and he's all in a you know a talks and whatever podcast I, voice. I, I, that's how it goes. Yeah, we're 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 vastly different. I, I'm sorry. I, I think if we did this Rangers pod like in a in a better stretch, like maybe like after like the win over Toronto or something, I'd be like shouting for joy and sounding much much better. I mean, like right now, uh, you know, a goal to freaking crack the, the and Center. losing two last yeah. two games. It's just like oh yeah yeah. Um, but no, hopefully I'm back on in a few months when we uh we we made a lot of eat. We we ripped teams off in the trade deadline and uh, we are back in first oh, place uh by a lot of points. Please let this trade deadline go well. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Hey, and I want to thank our Patreon subscribers, some who I met this weekend. Shout out to Agar. Uh, and, of course, the NHL Insiders Club, where we talk about all the latest NHL Insiders news on our Discord. I want to thank them personally. And then I'm going to give a little bit of a monologue at the end. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Curtulo, Adam Keach, Admin, Alex Carter, Amber Crowesberger, Austin Beetleman, Barbie Chris, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Vicky's Malone, Brett, McGinnis, Brian, Brian Doyle, Broadway Belusher, Bleeder, CJ Stellwagen, De- uh, Daniel Zen. David Narodin, Dennis Dice, Darian. I had a great time meeting Darian over the weekend. Eric Carlson says, Hank forever. Nice, Eric Carlson. Eric, Eric Stagg, give Gartner a cup. Gre- uh, Gretzky, Gareth McFly. I don't know why I call him Gretzky, Gareth McFly. It's Gretzky. I think that's his Discord name. Anyway, Gretzky, McFly. Uh, Handel, Harrison Hasco, Hip Hop or Hey 89. Jake Berkowitz, Jerry Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, John Hardesty, John, Justin Friedman, Justin Starr, Christopher Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lazo Krakowski, Lou Giordano, Lucas K, Matthew Kai, Max Nielsen, Mike Bucklaw. Congratulations, Michael. Um, pa- uh, Pascal Perrier, Pavel Kodarev, Randy Tesser, Steven Lohmeyer, Stig Bullbox, Swingard, and to uh, end this up, the drop BK, my friend Thomas McCarthy, who joined this, Thomas Welsh, Tommy Seclary, Tom Urch Jr., the legend, Tommy O'Neill, Torv Matt, the original supporter, Upstate Vin, Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, Will Spectre. That's getting way longer as it goes. Thank you all so much for supporting. It means a lot to us. I, I usually want to take this uh, just two minutes here, just very quickly, to talk about uh, Keandre Miller. Who's someone I think has taken uh, too much shit, unfairly, so much this year. Yes, there have been times Keandre Miller has been exposed on the ice, has been, um, I guess, has been lackluster from time to time. But I have to remind everyone that he's a 22-year-old defenseman who has intangible skills that a lot of other people in the NHL don't have. Have you watched Keandre skate? There are sometimes in certain games where if he can harness that, that power of those strides... And the way he can skate so smoothly around a lot of other players, and he could, if he can up his offensive profile just a little bit, I mean, Keandre Miller has been pay, playing second line minutes for the Rangers since he be, since he came to the team. He's never been on the bottom line. He's never been sheltered like Niels. He's never been sheltered like Jones or Schneider. He's been a second line pairing defenseman who's been suitable, who played like I believe twenty minutes a night last year, and was pretty good until the league figured him out a little bit, and he has mistakes. But there's I, I I urge you to try and find a player who doesn't have mistakes, who's below 23 years old, and you can't say Adam Fox. I did that on purpose because I know how that works. Uh, but Keandre Miller's been good. I, I, he's been solid. Is he is he part of this team for the long term? Yeah, I could see that. 
He could even take his games to the next level. I, I think there's some times where Keandre Miller takes too much crap from this fan base. I, I think I think anyone that calls for him to get sound, sent down to the AHL is overstepping a little bit. He's been an NHL player for multiple years now. He's proven he can do it. He can skate at a high level. He can defend at a high level. He's had mistakes, but I think you saw a little bit of the offensive gain today in Seattle, or rather a couple days ago in Seattle. Um, and I, I really enjoy the way he plays. Maybe, and just maybe, and I know Rob Luker has been talking about this forever, is that it's not the best idea to play him with Jacob Trouba. Maybe he'd be better with Fox, but obviously you know the Ryan Lindgren connection. All right, everybody. We'll be back next week. We're later this week with BSBOT. Love you guys. Bye. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. Explore beyond the stratosphere in Museum of the Bible's compelling exhibition, Scripture and Science, Our Universe, Ourselves, Our Place, in Washington, D.C., open now through January 15th. Featuring artifacts from trailblazers in history like Isaac Newton, Nicholas Copernicus, and hidden figures like Dorothy Vaughn, this exhibit guides you through groundbreaking discoveries and thought-provoking questions. Come and see how Scripture and Science have shaped our world. Get your tickets today at museumofthebible.org.